1: Welcome to the Video Nasties podcast. My name is Chris Brown. Today we're going to be talking about Pranks from 1982. See, I've got an argument when it comes to Video Nasties. Yes, some of the films are a little rough and ready, but scrape a little bit under the surface, and there's more on offer than meets the eye. Take, for example, Pranks, uh, which was released originally in April of 82 also known as The Dorm That Drip Blood in America, and also in some quarters Death Dorm. It is currently sitting with some lousy reviews on Rotten Tomatoes, and reputation of being an uninspiring college campus slasher. But scrape the surface, and there's plenty to praise with this film, not least that it was able to be made at all.
0: it's time for a crash course in terror at the dorm that ripped blood. Ah, great. What's wrong? The phone's dead. Did you hear anything up on the roof? Do you
1: think we need to go up there?
0: Need to? Yeah, uh, We don't need to do anything. <laughs>
1: that dripped blood where the only thing you'll learn is how to die the dorm that dripped blood rated r our story features joanne patty brian and craig who are all students who are preparing the old dorm building to be torn down they have two weeks to prep the place but they are p- pursued by a serial killer with a wide range of murder methods which range from the power drill to the industrial steam cooker. Is it the spooky weird guy that keeps on hanging around called John Hammett who's killing off these uh, characters? Well, obviously not. As he's a terrible red herring in the first place to be fair with his wild shock of hair and his lack of ability to get his words out and the fact that he always seems to be hanging around. Back rooms and whatnot, or is it somebody else, or something? Anyway, even more terrifying. Although, even as I as I, as I say that, I do think that maybe I'm overselling the story a bit, as it's not really that big of a um, of a shock for a for a well, not a shock. It just doesn't really seem when you find out who it is, and I won't spoil who the killer is. You, you, you won't be uh, overwhelmingly surprised, but uh, you won't be particularly terrified either. Uh, his reasonings for the killings, for example, don't really make a great deal of sense. And It's these kinds of contrivances which cause the most problems with the film. Our killer has little or no reason for his actions, and despite some decent kills and a brief runtime, The movie is dogged with long and heavy periods, with the kids walking around the dorm rooms in the dark, with nobody getting uh, killed, which doesn't help, and leaving huge plot holes as to why they don't just pick up their bags up and leave at any point. Our actors are enthusiastic students, rather than something better, so there are plenty of times that there are a few awkward pauses. Um, the fact that none of our stars are named in the opening credits I think is telling our lead Laura Lappinley uh, only appeared in this film in fact the real star of the movie went on to a career who is probably more recognisable is Daphne Zunga, who was from Melrose Place The Fly 2 and Space Girls and to be honest with you she gets killed off very early on in the film she's basically our fit you know in the first spate of shock killings to get you into the mood for the story, that's when she goes down.
0: Are we the only ones that are supposed to be here? Yeah, why? Well I just saw that weird looking guy with the fuzzy hair. Who? You know the real quiet guy that's always creeping around here. You mean John Hammett? That guy's a real freak. I wonder what he's doing around here. I just saw him dumping his trash. Yeah, I thought no one was supposed to be here but us. Yeah, you're right. I guess someone's going to have to talk to him. Yeah, someone sure will, boss. (laughs) Craig. Come on, what are you screaming about? It's my egg. Come on,
1: I'm just trying to lighten things up a little bit. Hello, university co-op. Yes, this is Joanne. Today? No, we need power here for two more weeks. That's right, two weeks from today. You can send someone to turn it off then.
0: Right. Thank you. God damn it. What is it? Who's over there in Dayton? Well, there's four of us. My there. best drill. You can't get them like that anymore. Christ, if somebody wants to borrow it, Wait, wait get... a
1: minute, Bill. Did you see who took it?
0: I wish I did. I'd give him a piece of my mind.
1: Well, I think I know who it is. I'll take care of it right now.
0: You do that.
1: So where is this silver lining that I'm talking about here? Well it was written, directed and produced by students on their first feature film and using what they had to hand it's a miracle that pranks were seen by anybody at all. I mean that is partly due to be fair in the boom and slashes that we talked about a couple of weeks ago and we'll talk about again really lot lots and lots and lots of slashes got made all at the same time in the same way that there were lots of, um, you know, B movie kind of rip-offs of Saw that dogged the early years of the uh, of, of of this century, beginning of the eighties after the impact of Halloween in nineteen seventy eight, and the, the understanding that you could make a film for very little money. In fact, this film's budget was ninety five thousand dollars, and be able to make something that would is could catch the eye, and. Uh, make its money back quite quickly on the dr- well, on the drive circuit in truth but it's also but in the case of this film it's also due to some very brave special effects and some gory deaths which are probably better than their um their B movie kind of acting around them would suggest most notably there's a, a barbed wire baseball bat a power drill and that death by humongous monster cooking pot that I spoke about In fact that power drill, even more gory in the director's cut that was only recently being seen by the public—is incredibly big and brave. I mean, there's there's bone flying everywhere. There's it's 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 very gr- very gritty and very grim. The film is directed by Stephen Carpenter. And Jeffrey Obrew, and has music from Christopher Young, and all three would go on to have successful careers working in and around film. Young has made a rich career from his composing. Many of his music competitions are for horror films, and well, this is the first one that he made for a film. It includes Hellraiser, Tales from the Hood, Nightmare on Elm Street Two, obviously Freddy's Revenge, Urban Legends, and Drag Me to Hell, a Sam Raimi movie, obviously Sam Raimi as well being a man who had popped up on our Video Nasty's list later on with Evil Dead. Other work include Lucky You and Spider-Man 3, for which he received the Film and TV Music Award for Best Score for a Dramatic Feature Film. In fact, he also makes three cameo appearances in Spider-Man 3 too. Jung was honoured with the, the Richard Kirk Award and the 2008 BMI Film and TV Awards, and that award is given annually to composer who has made significant contributions to film and television music. So you don't need to take my word that uh, Christopher Young has, has done well for himself. Jeffrey Obro um, is a movie director and a professor at USC School of Cinematic Arts. Um, <clears throat> he's made more of his work as a, uh, a producer, producing many videos with uh, propaganda films. But he's also directed as well, with uh, mainly in genre, with uh, Bram Stoker's The Legend of the Mummy, which was back in 1997, and They Are Among Us, which was made in 2004. Carpenter co-wrote Pranks and is now better known for his scriptwriting. His screenplays include Ocean's Eleven, starring George Clooney and Brad Pitt, and The Man, starring uh, Samuel Jackson and Eugene Levy, He also wrote Blue Streak, which is that uh, Martin Lawrence vehicle, amongst some others. But he's also written and directed several thrillers, including Soul Survivors, which starred Elias Dusku and uh, Casey Affleck. Um, And while, you know, Soul Survivors isn't exactly a a fantastic movie, um, I think he's best known now for his most recent creation, which is the NBC show Grim, which uh, I think popped up in the US in 2011, um, I know that the, uh, the it does it is on U- UK TV as well. The other side to this is basically, I mean, obviously they're trying to do what they can. Barely in the twenties, figuring out how to make the movie that they want to make, using locations that they can, and old gear that they try and get their hands on, basically for free, or you know, offer deferred payment but not necessarily pay, and um, you know. The bravery of turning in what was designed to be a commercial slasher as a student thesis, rather than everyone else who p- 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 you know banging out pretentious art films that don't really work. Um, it's got a you know, there's a personality I think to the to the film, and um, I, I, I you know, somebody turns around and goes, "I want to make a horror movie rather than make you know my my art house classic." I think God love you. You know what I mean. You're the man for me. Also, <clears throat> uh, you know we mentioned. Uh, well, Matthew Mungle is uh, the, one of the people that did really well, at, 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 and this was his starting point. point. Um, Mungle was uh, nom- has been nominated four times for Academy Award for Best Makeup, uh, winning. In 1992, for Bram Stoker's *Dracula*, and it's received 26 Emmy nominations, winning six. He has uh, worked on *Shinless Lists*, *Ghost of Mississippi*, *Albert no- uh, Nobbs*. Um, he, you know, he is it, his work is, is incredible, and, and you know, God love him. This is the man who started his career doing somebody getting drilled in the back of the head with a drill. Uh, you know. It, 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 it's fascinating stuff in terms of how it all pulls together. And um, and for that, I, I, I too generally respect them. Here's a clip from uh, Matthew Mungle who talks about um, how the two directors work together and his experiences of doing the makeup on this film.
0: I, I think Jeffrey was more of the director, and Stephen was more of the cameraman. And even though they were directing together, they, they had those two separate uh, things that they were doing, but they would direct together because Stephen saw it through the camera. Of course, we didn't have a monitor at that time, so, you know, it's Jeffrey you had to rely on Stephen, what was going on. And it was a collaboration as far as the script was concerned between those two also. We did a lot of stuff, a lot of blood stuff. They just wanted me to do makeups that had already happened with blood and the cut-off hand and stuff like that. But uh, it was fun. It was fun going and just creating these things, and especially creating it out of my kit. I didn't make any of those prosthetics for the show. I just created it out of construction makeup, just like Jack Pierce did. And I love doing that because it's, it's spontaneous. It's more creative that way than than spending weeks sculpting something and making a mold, as we do now, which we have to, so. It was fun, it was a good collaboration. As far as preparation for the project, I I think To today's uh, standards, I had quite a bit of preparation, Um, I think probably about two or three weeks preparation, you know, having meetings with them and then figuring out what we had to do and then go and work on it. So the film
1: was made with um, cameras that they could get from uh, the UCLA, um, uh, well, basically departments, effectively the film department there. And also from whatever film stuff they could lay their hands on, trying to utilise the benefits of being a student at a film school, really. So this early doors kind of stuff, and the, you know, the cutting their teeth, is 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 something that does pop up on occasion on on, on the video nasties list. And uh, you know, people who go on to do better things from a rather dubious start. But why is it was the their ban in the UK? Well, the baseball back covered in barbed wire, which probably didn't help that was the fact that that was the image that was on the cover, and that scene with the power drill was probably a bit too nasty for many people's tastes. and also of course alluded to the scene from Driller Killer, one of the main and original catalysts for the video, video nasty's panic when it was uh, when that cover was printed in a, a video magazine. And uh, offended the eyes, as it were, with its uh, with its grisly image of a man getting drilled in his forehead. I don't think the fact that with um, the dome drip blood, the fact the guy gets drilled in the back of the head will necessarily have helped m- uh, many people uh, kind of get past that kind of initial shock. Um, indeed, <coughs> in actual fact, um, it's that scene that's still to this day. But the R-rated version was released uncut by Cannon in June 1982. It was added to the DPP list, of banned video nasties, in October 1983, and it was dropped from the list in September 85. The R-rated version was re-released after what 10 seconds of cuts, mainly to that scene with the electric drill, uh, in uh, back in 1992. And that's currently where it stands. I think it'd be fine if we get released uncut now, It's just it hasn't been resubmitted. There is a, a director's cut, which is uncut, and MPAA, unrated. I mean, if, if you're going to get something, you might as well get that imported over from the US. It carries the title, uh, well, it's titled the the, the, uh, the Dawn that Drip Blood. Obviously, an allusion to uh, a, a, sp- a, a pun on the house that drip blood, that old, that old horror film but the actual name title card on the film is is Death Dorm again that classic uh, thing of you know trying to kick different distributors trying to get a different name on there to see what uh, to see which would sell the best it's pranks is particularly a great title to be honest with you although the of the drip blood makes it sound like a bit of a joke and death dorm possibly ages it slightly you know kind of into that kind of territory and kind of territory but i think it still works quite well Interestingly enough, I'm always, you know, curious about that scene with with the drill, and I know that a lot of people kind of obviously there was a lot of trouble, and it was a catalyst for the nasty start. But I always feel it quite odd that somebody, you know, you'd be able to do it. I mean, how how ridiculous, you know, to 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 be able to plug in your your weapon of choice and then go for the kill? Because indeed, um, you, you actually see our murderer in this occasion plugging in his power tools to uh, commit his uh, his act of, of horror on a janitor. So, you know, this isn't the best film on our list. But, you know, I think we should give it a, gr- a good a grudging respect for the fact that it can sit alongside some other college slashers quite easily. Oh, and that ends The one that I won't spoil, but it is, I will say this. It is grim, bleak, but also blackly comic. And that is not something you can say about many films that were released at that time in this genre. Um, despite everything else that happens in the film, I think the ending comes as quite a quite a shock. It doesn't match what you normally expect from the slasher genre. And uh, that's very much to its credit. Um, you know, and it's not perfect, but which kind of these films really are (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> Right, so so I've got a couple of um, thanks first off to give. First off for um, iTunes reviews and major thanks for the people that have, have uh, written these. Um, Phil Tunes, who's written something set, you know, being very positive. Major Corvo sincere, Um and also Forty Second Street Freak. Thanks to all the, to all the people. Um, one of the people asked if I could talk more about you know the politics of the time, and that kind of stuff. What I'd say is that, I mean, you know we covered quite a lot of that ground um, on the first episode, the introduction episode. But um, if you want, I've, I've been thinking about it, and think maybe the next best thing to do would be to carry one that is more of a political football and describes more of the period of time better for our next story. So you've got, you know, just trying to, trying to keep everyone happy. Uh, So I was thinking maybe doing Nightmares and a Damaged Brain next, which of course is one of the films that actually somebody was convicted and uh, and sent to prison for. Uh, Also, uh, thanks as well uh, on the US iTunes to Aztec, Ace and Stephen V, both for uh, writing very positive and lovely reviews. Uh, I didn't know if there was going to be much of an audience in America, but uh, luckily... Lucky there is people who are interested. Also, thanks to uh, Phil McGreane, uh, who is at PhilTunes F I L on um, on Twitter, for coming over and saying hello, and uh, obviously writing a, a lovely review as well. Um, <clears throat> I mean that's it's fantastic. Obviously, you know, and the reviews have been probably positive. Hopefully. You, uh, you enjoy the show. I know I can be a little bit rough and ready. And ap- apologies for not getting one out last week. Uh, just work commitments, unfortunately. If you want to come say hello to me, I'd be more than happy to speak to you. I really would like that, in fact. My um, my email address is video nasties podcast at gmail.com. My, um, my Twitter is at orange underscore monkey. Uh, and you can get me on my website as well uh, videoandadstoriespodcast.com and there's not just um, the podcast there as well I put up a link to the original trailers uh, mid-week for you to take a quick look at and try to re- refresh yourself from the film if you haven't had a chance to watch it But so anyway, yeah. next week we're going to be looking at Nightmares in a Damaged Brain uh, it's another slasher this one's got a bit more meat to it I think than most uh, it's quite a well made film uh, and quite grim in its own way as well. So, until then, take care and I'll speak to you soon. Goodbye. I have never seen a video Nasty I wouldn't. I have far too much. But how, how can you judge
0: on a video nursery? Oh, have never seen one?
1: I actually don't need to see
0: visually. What I know is in that film.